What's up, everyone? John is Travis here with another intro to a fantastic episode of Elbows Tight Podcast. John, how was that? I really enjoyed it. I think there's uh, some good motivational quotes in there. I don't want to give it away, um, so you'll have to, to watch it or listen to get them. But uh, I thought it was good. I liked it. What'd you think? I, I thought it was great. The guy that we have on today is Jordan Teaches Jiu-Jitsu on YouTube, and he's he is a black belt up in Ontario, Canada. He runs Limitless Jiu-Jitsu, and uh, he has a big YouTube page where he's like, blowing up right now, to tell you the truth. And he's a really good guy. His, his YouTube videos, if you guys haven't seen them, look him up for sure, because he's very high quality, very, very reminiscent of Roy Dean, but instead of how Roy Dean doesn't really commentate on his roles, Jordan commentates a lot on his roles, and like it's very educational, obviously, because Jordan teaches jujitsu. So, but it was it was a great conversation, John. What was some of the stuff that we talk about? Oh man, I don't want to give it all away, but uh, we talked about some uh, just the tip similarities between um, Jordan and our own journey uh, opening a, a school as a blue belt. Some of the criticisms or critiques you might hear at that level. Yeah. Um, oh, there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, a lot of, like John said, a lot of like mindset stuff uh, we went over in this episode, too. And we really dig deep into kind of like philosophy behind why you should train. And it honestly went a path in the conversation I didn't really expect, to tell you the truth. Like, I was like, I had like, we have like our preset questions that we want to ask people. But the conversation went way deeper in these questions than I was honestly expecting, which isn't a bad thing. It, was, it just added to the conversation. It was really nice. So that was that was great to, to sit down and talk with him. It was more of an intellectual one that we've had in a while. So Yeah, I'd say if you're uh, newer to jiu-jitsu, white belt, blue belt, you'll probably really appreciate some of the conversation around uh, competing and testing uh, around those requirements if you haven't met your school or maybe you've been on the fence should you do it should you not i think you'll you'll enjoy this one yeah jordan's funny when he talks about him competing i was like like, man ain't that the truth i was like i feel that yeah yeah some good connecting points in there for sure yeah absolutely so but that is who we have on the show today um if you guys want please leave us a five-star review on itunes check us out elbows tight podcast everywhere elbows tight on youtube we have a video right now that is blowing up if you guys want to check out why jujitsu warm-ups are stupid we also have a new video with chad wesley smith's pod from chad wesley smith's podcast uh about the best exercises for jujitsu here's a, a little tip for the video there is no best exercise for jujitsu, <laughs> uh, and that's another good video. If you guys want to go check them out, I'm trying to turn these podcast clips into more of YouTube friendly, so people find us more. And honestly, it's it's working out because our YouTube page is gaining quite a bit of traction right now. So it's it's pretty nice to see the hard work paying off. So, but uh, other than that, elbowstight.com, and also don't forget we're still trading patches. We haven't gotten anyone yet to to send us their patch, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So we'll keep offering. If you guys want a patch, send us a patch with a mailing address back to you, and we will exchange patches with you. I still want to have a big wall of patches. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, that'd look cool. John, you got anything else? Uh, Nope. Get out there and uh, train. Yep. Thank you guys so much for watching, and remember, nope, I'm not going to say that. That's at the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) You guys have a good night. Catch you later. Thanks. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Elbows Tight Podcast. It's your host, Travis and John. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, If I cough during this podcast, I'm going to 
couple weeks post-COVID, but I, I still have that cough, just so everyone's warned. <laughs> I don't have a mask. You're fine, bro. You're fine. You're good to go. <laughs> how how was it? Uh, It was rough, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad I got the vaccine. If that was milder symptoms, oh but, man, uh, it was pretty good. How was your How's your shoulder during it? Did you cough and hurt your shoulder at all? Uh, well, as you saw, I don't know if you saw some of the video. I, I had to take the sling off to shovel snow. Ugh. So basically, physical therapy just started early. Yeah, we had uh, we just got about a foot and a half, two feet of snow in pretty much a day. Yeah, this last week knocked out my power for a, almost a week, and then. It was a uh, it was quite the fiasco. So, but for today's guest, uh, Jordan, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself for for everyone at home? Yeah, uh, my name is Jordan Pressinger. I run a YouTube channel called Jordan Teaches Jiu-Jitsu, where I teach Jiu-Jitsu. And uh, yeah, I like do like rolling commentaries and cool uh, technique videos, and that's basically it. I'm a black belt. Yeah, yeah. I that's how I found Jordan. Is I saw one of his uh, recommended videos pop up on on my YouTube feed and I was like, "Man, this stuff looks great." And cuz we were when we first started jiu-jitsu, we found Roy Dean at the very beginning, and so we kind of got nipped by the the YouTube bug, and so now a lot of my YouTube feed, especially for the podcast is all jiu-jitsu stuff obviously, right? And then I watched some of your videos, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is super smooth, man." Have you have you, you watched a couple of videos? Yeah, and uh I remember early on, I was like, "Man, I think YouTube was getting me in trouble cuz I'd go watch all the videos." <laughs> And I'm like, I'm gonna go to class and I'm gonna try this. And they were like, Stop trying that YouTube video. I was like, All right, all right, all right. <laughs> professor, Instagram, Professor YouTube. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, Jordan, what what got you into jujitsu? Can you tell us a little bit of your story on how how you got into everything? Uh, yeah, I'll try to you know keep it somewhat short. Basically, like I dropped out of college. I just didn't. I just wasn't liking it. And um, yeah, it's just like I was just watching TV all day doing nothing. And UFC Unleashed was on all the time. So there's a bunch of like UFC uh, fights. So I just like watched that. At first, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is like really lame. I don't like this." And then I just kept watching it, and I liked it. And then I figured, <laughs> well, yeah, I figured I'd be I'd be pretty good at this. So um, yeah, I just like I wanted to fight MMA, but there's only a jujitsu school in town, so I just started doing jujitsu, and then and then later on started doing MMA, and then yeah, I've just been doing both ever since. So it's like yeah, nothing too crazy. <laughs> so did you find you picked it up pretty quick? Yeah, like, uh, I picked it up really quick, like, I knew I would, like, I know it sounds kind of corny, but, like, I told my wife, like, like that I'd be, like, a champion, like, a, a jiu-jitsu champion, I didn't really know what that meant, but, like, I told her before I started, like, remember, I said this, so, yeah, and then I, because I knew I'd be good, because I've just, like, done, like, athletics my whole life, and, um, yeah, I just knew I'd be pretty good, so I bought a gi before I even started, and, um, yeah, it's just went well ever since, so. So you had that mindset when you first started on your first class. You're like, I'm, I'm doing this. There's, there's no turning back whatsoever. Exactly. But I have that mindset with a lot of things. Like, you know, before I started the YouTube channel, I knew it was going to be a big YouTube channel. I knew it was going to be really successful. And, um, you know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't think it was going to be like that. And same with jujitsu. If, if I, for me, if I thought I'd be like mediocre, then I wouldn't have started. Like I just, uh, I'm like, kind of like a perfectionist that way. And yeah, it's, so yeah, I was a natural and started competing right away, and I uh, did really well in competition. And same thing with MMA. I yeah, I competed, did really well in MMA, undefeated. So just like I just believe in myself a lot, and just but you know it's more than just believing in yourself. It's like you got to put in the work to uh, make sure that you actually 
you know, get good. So like what I would do is I would like study jujitsu like all the time. Like I would like, uh, you know, read jujitsu university, which is like a great book and watch mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Amazing. I watch like tons of YouTube videos and just think about jujitsu constantly, you know, cause if you like, if you want to be the best and you hate people beating you, then you have to take steps to make sure that doesn't happen. Very true. So what was the, what was the, the first class like for for you you said you have a little bit of a, a a background in athletics as it is so what was that first class like for you um yeah it was funny because you know i thought i would go in there and they would just like give me like a purple belt or something just for being so <laughs> yeah and uh, I, f I was wrong i was just like i was pretty bad but, but like it was only three other people it was a brown belt a blue belt and a white belt so like the only person i could you know do anything against was the white belt but even like even then i was like he was pretty new too i was like uh just surprised that like I couldn't just like completely dominate him. He was like, he was only probably training like a month or two, but yeah, I thought like, I would just like have my way with him. because so, you know, I, I like, I know submissions from like, you know, watching UFC, but then I realized I don't, I don't actually know anything. So <laughs> yeah, yeah it's an eye opener. Any rest, any wrestling or anything like that in your background with those athletics or? Uh, no. So in, in, in like in Canada, wrestling's pretty like, uh, not very popular. So it's funny. I did wrestling for a month in high school and, Back then, I was really lame. Like people told me, "Oh, it's like it's like gay because you wear singlets and whatever." Yeah, so, I heard that too. Yeah, so it kind of like got to me. And now I wouldn't care at all, but I, that's like such a lame reason why I quit. So I, I quit after a month because I just couldn't take people like saying crap like that. But now I'd wear a singlet, no problem, and I rock it. <laughs> yeah, I did a little bit of weightlifting in, in high school too. The the whole singlet thing kind of got to me when I wrestled for it was about a semester. But then as an adult, I started uh, CrossFit and weightlifting and whatnot. And then I was like balls to the wall in a singlet in front of a bunch of people. Like, I don't even care. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's no exactly. big deal now. It's like, <laughs> no, it's so, so what different. did you, what's, yeah, Sorry. it's completely different. When you're a kid, uh, right? So, yeah, right. That's the thing is like, you get so self-conscious when you're a kid about, oh man, these people are saying things to me. What are these people thinking? Then you get older and it's like, like, whatever, you can think whatever yeah. you want. Like, exactly. I, I try to preach that into my son right now because he's, he's worried about uh, people thinking a certain way about him in school and whatnot. And I'm like, dude, look, people are going to think that way, whether you like it or not. So you might as well just do what you're going to do and, and be the best, whatever you can be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I do the same thing with my daughter, like try to like instill uh, that confidence in her and kind of like um, have her learn from my mistakes, you know, things I could have done better in my life as a kid. Like, you know, it's, I could have done way better and done things and achieved a lot, but I didn't because I was so self-conscious. So yeah, I don't want her to go through that. So try to like, yeah, try to like teach her good. Do you have her in jujitsu as well? Yeah, she's in jujitsu and she, yeah, she's, uh, she's really good. She, she um, yeah, she's won a bunch of gold medals, and she's just a beast. So it's really awesome. She trains. She's eight years old. Oh, nice! Did you get her started at what, like five, or like as soon as she could do it, you got her in it? Or yeah, when she was three years old, she started like pretty young, right? But uh, yeah, she was she just excelled right away. Like always, beat up the other kids. So it's pretty cool to see. It's kind of it's kind of nice too because you. It's when you see dad doing it, you build that camaraderie. Both of our kids do jujitsu. Well, nice. he has one kid that's doing it now. And I always say the the beautiful thing about going through 
adversity with a family is it just makes you so much stronger and you have something that you could connect with also and the nice thing about martial arts is there is someone outside of your family that is holding your child accountable for their actions as well which i think is you know a coach is like just a phenomenal thing because i don't always have to be the bad guy (laughs) exactly Exactly. i think it's great when uh when parents train with their kids like you know i own my own gym and, and when the parents start training too that's really when the kid really really gets into it more and um i just like seems like their like whole life becomes better like the family life because they bond so much more over that because you know if you don't do something like that together like how can you really bond over like i don't know what kids do these days like i don't know i, I can't even give an example i'm not sure it, I, I, I don't know either my son he's like on youtube watching 30 second videos of like random things I'm like i don't understand what's i'm not even that much older than you and i still don't understand <laughs> what's exactly going right? on. i'm like are you watching other kids play video games on youtube like <laughs> It used to be they yeah. play video games. Now they're watching other kids play. I video can't say games. nothing. I do I'm that. Like, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so, like people what, watch what? my channel. Sorry, it's like when people watch my channel, they're watching me do jujitsu. It's like a yeah. similar thing, right? Yeah. Well, it's, the whole argument that I I always give people is like, well, you watch other people play football. You watch other people play soccer. It's just the same thing to me. It's like I'm exactly. watching a higher level person do something that I enjoy doing and hopefully I can learn from them. It's the reason why jujitsu channels on YouTube are like so big, right? Because people want to see the higher level and how they move, what they think. And it's the same thing why we started this podcast, right? Is because people go through a certain experience in life and they want to be able to relate or learn from someone else. I mean, you know, sure. Absolutely. I'm I'm never going to be an NFL player, but I enjoy watching them play in the NFL, right? You know, it's just, it's just, it's just weird to me when people, people make that argument. It's like, oh, you're watching someone do jujitsu? Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see how it's done correctly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and video games too, right? Like watching people play video games so popular, and um, I feel like that's like the next step for jujitsu because I'm kind of one of the first that's really started like rolling commentaries. Like others have done it, but not to the level that I've done it. Like 4K and like captions and everything, everything that I do with it, put a lot of effort into it. So yeah, I think it, I think rolling commentaries are going to be like just as popular within jujitsu as like uh, video game like playthroughs are within the video game uh, realm. So yeah, I think it's kind of just starting now. It's gonna go. It's gonna be very popular. I agree, and I think you got in at the perfect time too because COVID had so many people at home, and now that we're starting to get back into training. Uh, a little bit more, people are even more hungrier than they hungry. Is that hungrier word? Yeah. It's even more hungrier than before COVID happened, right? Like now we're starting to see our classes are getting bigger and bigger every time. You know what I mean? And even our little YouTube channel where we just kind of do our podcast stuff and like random things for, for new practitioners. Even lately, I'm like, holy crap, where is all this growth coming from? It's because people are starting to get hungry again because they're starting to be able to, to see like, oh, I can go train. I can go train. I'm going to start going to train. Have you noticed that too with your YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah, I have. I think, um, yeah, I think that like jujitsu on YouTube has had for a long time almost like some negative connotations because people are thinking like, oh, you just like learn on YouTube or whatever, and and there's a like techniques that maybe might not work because I think in the past people went for like flash because that's the only way to get your videos watched or, or on Instagram too. You get this crazy cra- stuff that like you know like might not work. So, or in the past, it's been like really poor, uh, jujitsu instruction. I'm talking like way in the beginning of YouTube. So like now things are like, now you have tons of high level instructors teaching. And, um, yeah, I think that like YouTube is going to be the place to really, 
up your game because in jiu-jitsu class you learn techniques but uh like for my channel for example i teach so much concepts that it's extremely hard to teach that stuff in class like even for myself as a coach like it's just hard to it's very hard to teach that in a class setting like they need to see it like happen live slow down which is what i do so i think that it's gonna jiu-jitsu on youtube is gonna become extremely popular uh, it's gonna be like a whole new level soon I, and i'm really i think it's cool that i don't think i'm like pioneering it but i think that i'm having um a big effect like i feel like i am like raising the level of like what you need to do to be successful because i've like every area uh, every area like i've tried to like perfect like the audio the the video like the the everything about it so yeah i think it's gonna be very popular so what what was the deciding factor to wanting to start youtube content and content online in general um yeah that's a good question so like ontario had like a bunch of lockdowns like this is our fourth lockdown but during the third lockdown i was like really depressed because you know i just couldn't do anything like you know because the gym was closed again so and i always want to start a youtube channel not really sure like why but yeah so it just worked out really good and i just started it the third lockdown and uh just from the beginning like i didn't start off good at jiu-jitsu i mean at, at youtube i was like pretty bad at it like you know the video quality was just like subpar and like, i was just doing it like everyone else is doing just showing techniques and then i was i was only getting like you know maybe like one or two subscribers a day and uh you know for me that's like not acceptable so i was constantly thinking how do i make this better how do i make it better and um that's kind of got got to where i'm at now where it's like yeah like i've thought of every area how i can make it better so what was your first youtube video and how long did it take you to make um i so i filmed like a bunch of youtube videos at the same time a bunch of like technique videos just like you know uh like a rear naked choke cross collar choke all that stuff and um yeah they took me like probably a couple hours to make each and now the videos take me like 15 to 20 hours each it's like a part-time yeah. job it's crazy it's too much yeah we put out a we put out a a nine gift guide or nine gifts for your beginning uh grappler for the christmas season to like just give people out there ideas on you know if someone's falling in love when they're first starting like what is a good thing to get them and yeah. i mean the video is seven minutes long and it took me probably 10 hours to do you know it's like because there's yeah. just like so much editing and then audio music and everything like that and uh it was People don't realize, like, oh, man, this is a three-minute video. That shouldn't take too long to make. It's like, no, no, it actually takes quite a long time. And with, exactly. like, yours, you have great great content on screen. You know, like you talked about, you have, like, subtitles at the bottom, giving, like, tips, and then, you know, arrows and things popping up. And it's really high-quality stuff. And it's not like you could just, like, drag and drop right. that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. John watches us do – watches me every once in a while when, when I'll edit this podcast, and it's – it's a lot of work. My it son is. wants to be a YouTuber, and I'm like, "Here, let me show you how to YouTube. <laughs> let me show you how to edit one video." And he's like, "I don't even know what you're doing." I was like, it, "It's it's a lot of work. It it really is a part time job if yes. you if you're trying to do it and until you can make it a full time. So, are you trying to go full time on YouTube too, or kind of just have it supplement your time with your your academy? Um, I'm I'm not sure what I want to do because sometimes like. I want to move away from Canada because it's just like really cold here and less well, that's, that's the main problem. It's really cold. here, <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, I, yeah, so 
and I know that there's a lot of money to be made through YouTube and instructionals. So yeah, sometimes I want to like, you know, sell my gym and move away. But then I also really love my gym and, uh, you know, and love the people there. So it makes it a very hard decision. So basically what I've been doing like last little while is just like working less and less at the gym. So I have more time to, to do things on YouTube, but now, yeah, it's still just, it's still just a lot and I'm really busy. So I want to even cut down that even further and maybe like get other people to edit certain things and mm. it's just hard. it's hard though because the edit is part of the actual uh teaching so it's like you know i can't just get someone to edit the videos and they'll turn out the way i want them like so it's tough i gotta kind of figure out a balance but uh yeah ideally i could do both at the same time but yeah it's almost like i gotta work part-time at the gym so like which is kind of what i do now so like my wife she like um she's like the gym manager i basically just like teach at the gym which is like makes my life a lot easier with the you said you're in the fourth shutdown right now yeah fourth one do do they close the gyms entirely when you guys are in the shutdowns or uh yeah so basically the shutdowns the gyms are closed indoor dining is closed and then when we're not shut down uh, up until recently, we've had extreme restrictions like no touching, which have been like you know very hard to to impossible, you know, yeah, yeah for jujitsu, right? So that's been a huge challenge and a and just a big bummer for the last like two years. But now they've let us touch, but up until they um, cl- closed us down. So that, I mean, I guess that would definitely have to weigh in in future decisions on what you want to do. If I mean, if if that's the way it's going to be, and I mean, yeah. this stuff's not going away anytime soon. So I just, you know, I, I, at some point, I think we're just going to have to live with it, and they're just going to have to open everything up. But who knows when that's going to be? I agree. It's it's frustrating. It's hard. Like the hard part is not knowing. Cause it's it's like if I were to like you know move away now and then the pandemic does like like go away kind of and it's like okay maybe i shouldn't have done that and i'm really indecisive like so i worry if i were to like move somewhere i would regret it and want to move back and like a month later which is like highly probable (laughs) right (laughs) where where have you been thinking about moving um so i got a lot of ideas in mind like i like uh like the u.s would be cool like texas or florida or even like mexico there's certain parts that are pretty safe and pretty um cheap or even like Costa Rica or Portugal, like I spent a lot of time, like mostly when I'm like depressed, I start looking like, you know, where, where can I move to, to feel better? Because, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the winter, you know, it's just, it's just depressing in Canada. Like no one wants to live in Canada in the winter. So for business wise, what, how, how does your business continue to prosper when you have these lockdowns? Do you do like online classes for your, your students or do you direct them to like a member only page um, that you have for them or something like that? Like, how do you keep your, your people around? Um, so basically like, even though I have a lot of criticism against the Canadian government, but they like, they have given us like money while we're like shut down, which hasn't been like enough, but it's been, it's been enough and it hasn't been. So yeah, that's like kept us afloat. Like, you know, like the government subsidies, like, you know, like for example, they're closing, they close the gyms, but they're giving us 10,000 to, um, you know, as a, I don't know. Yeah. To help keep us afloat. So like that, that'll pay for like, and there's rent subsidy. So like that'll pay for a lot of things. So as long as it's not too long of a lockdown, like the government subsidy should be enough. And then when the gym's back every time we've closed down, everyone's been back. And, um, we've had like the bet, we had the best months we've had ever 
up until closing so I know it's gonna be the same thing when we reopen so I'm not concerned at all plus like I'm making money on YouTube now so yeah it's like it'll be fine so you have a little bit of subsidies coming from other avenues now so you don't have to you're not like oh my god like for us we our our gym was shut down for a good solid three four months probably yeah. and then it was no touch jujitsu which is like tai chi yeah. and then you know <laughs> I, I mean honestly it, they, you know, they did try some virtual yeah. class. I mean, it wasn't for me. You know, uh, I think exactly. for a lot of people, they're just like, you know, if you've been doing it for a while and then it switches to virtual, you're like, this just just not going to work. Yeah, <laughs> I refused to do Zoom classes like uh, a lot of the gyms around did, did. And I was like, well, I know I would hate to do that. Like, I would yeah. absolutely hate it. So I'm not going to not only hate to teach it, I would hate to participate in it. So I know yeah. other people aren't going to like it. I knew it would start it would start falling off. Maybe you have like 20 members, you know, on a Zoom call. And then one week and the next week you got like 15. And the next week you got like three, right? So, yeah, I refuse to do Zoom. But like those that did do Zoom to stay afloat, that's really good of them to, to have done that. That that was our, our academy, 100%. Like, People started doing it at the beginning, but then it, it fell off relatively quickly yeah. because jujitsu is one of those sports where you 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 can't do it by yourself. Like you exactly. have to have someone. Even dummies only get you good to a certain point, right? There's a lot of solo drills out there, and they really started to shine during lockdown times. But like the it's it's the physical interaction. It's that human resistance and yeah, and you sure, know the yes. chess game of, of feedback. People. Yeah, exactly. And you can't yeah. you can't have that unless you have someone there with you. Yeah, and just being with your friends too, because like you know, just is not only about like you know choking people and whatever. It's like also just like hanging out and having a good time. So it's like the Zoom class. I know you kind of hang out with Zoom class, but it's just not the same. Yeah, it's it's no good. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So you, how long have you owned your academy? I've owned it for six years. So like, I actually started it when I was a blue belt, which was really, um, I guess, a little strange, a little different. And um, but uh, yeah, so uh, long story short, I was going to CrossFit like at, at the gym in our town, and they uh, asked me if I want to start a grappling program. I was like, well, I always want to start a gym, but like I'm a blue belt, but I knew I was a good blue belt. Like, so I thought I'd be fine because like, you know, I was winning tournaments, double gold, everything. So like, I obviously could teach beginners, but yeah, I got a lot of criticism for that because there was a black belt in town too, which was like my former coach. And, uh, but we still like, uh, we still succeeded like crazy, even though I was a blue belt, even, but I was a blue belt long. It was only like four months till I got my purple, which, which. So yeah, I knew that was gonna, I knew I was gonna have my purple pretty quick too, so, like from that point. So yeah, I've been teaching. I've been basically on my own since I got my purple. So which I think wow. is really cool. Yeah, I feel like um, accomplished to have done that because you know I've reached a high level. And not that now that I don't have coaches like I do, like um, we're affiliated with like um, two great coaches in, um, in in like near Ottawa, and and they're great and they've helped me a lot. But like in terms of like day to day instruction, like I've been on my own. So. I've reached like a high level despite that. And I think that it's just a testament to how much you can learn online and how much you can learn by self-learning and just taking it into your own hands, not making excuses. A lot of people make excuses for themselves. Like, you know, their gym is the reason why they're not good enough or, you know, their coach not getting enough, enough attention. Like I, I, you know, I didn't need that. You know, I just, I made it happen. I made, I made sure I got good at jiu-jitsu. So yeah, but I was already good. Like I was already a really good blue belt in my, in my opinion. Yeah. Our, our first, uh, at our CrossFit gym, um, 
Cody, the owner, when he started it, he was a blue belt, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, obviously, we didn't know anything. We were like brand new, you know, first day white belts. And I was like, uh, that blue belt might as well have been a black belt because, <laughs> yeah. like, his, you know, even a blue belt teaching a brand new white belt is plenty enough for the white belt. They're like, God, this guy's amazing, you know? Like, that's fine. Exactly. Exactly. And, but, man, I, did I ever get criticism, especially from people? It didn't make sense because in Canada, a lot of people that own gyms, they had started as a blue belt because it was like, you know, newer. Like, just is like newer uh, to Canada. Like, maybe in the last like 15 years, it's become popular. So it's just funny people that, you know, did the same thing as me, criticizing me for doing the same thing they did. But it's whatever. Right. So, one, one thing that Cody talked about when he started the, before we got our first black belt uh, that we were under. So, same thing. Cody's blue belt got his purple, pretty much ran the school until we had our old professor come in and he kind of like took the reins and helped out a lot. But one thing Cody talked about that really kind of opened my eyes was like he felt like he was falling behind because he didn't have anyone to learn from. Like he could only learn so much from online and whatnot. And but once he, we had our first professor, like our true professor, he was like, holy crap, like there's just like, he has so much wealth of knowledge. Did you look outside to other people kind of like that to continue to grow personally or was it all online? It was all, it was all myself. It's like, it's almost like, so you want to learn like math. Like you can have a, you can go to school and like have a professor teach you math or you can like open up the textbook and learn for yourself. So I feel like that's what I kind of did. I like opened up the textbook of jujitsu and like, yeah, I just, I already knew a lot though, so I had such an advantage going in because, like, I'd, I've always been such a student of the game, trying to get better, and um, you know, teaching helps you learn so much. So, like, yeah, I w- yeah, I would absolutely, I would hate if I someone asked me a question I didn't know the answer to. So I'd make sure that never happened. So you know, I, I'd like just say I'm teaching like guillotines one night. Like, I'm gonna watch like freaking like 15 videos on guillotines to make sure that I, <laughs> you know, I know, I know what I'm talking about, and like that's what I've always done. So. Yeah, like that's the best way to get good. Um, for anyone wondering, like how to use YouTube to, to get better, like if you want to learn something specific, watch like as many videos as you can on it, and then you kind of get all these different perspectives, and and you kind of like, um, yeah, you kind of figure out what's like, like what's like the meat and potatoes of the technique, and then you, you have it. And maybe some people like what they say resonates more with you than others. So, yeah, it's like that's the best way to like improve. Would you recommend that? brand new pe- practitioners kind of feed that hunger outside of your academy with supplemental instructionals like you know bjj fanatics or other online academies to kind of feed their brain when they're really hungry or do you kind of have them steer away from that because at the beginning you don't know what you don't know right and then also you're ha- already getting so much information from like say you as their black belt right you don't want them to fill in precious space with unnecessary things so how do you kind of navigate that that dichotomy of like yes you want to feed your brain when you're hungry but be careful don't don't over consume yeah so like i 100 percent encourage like my students to learn as much as they can outside of the gym um and yeah because it just depends how they go about it like you know just say i'm teaching like half guard like one month but they're really interested in leg locks so like it makes sense for them to learn leg locks from like a craig jones like instructional or something like that and you know rather than wait for me to teach leg locks so i think it it just depends it i think that you know people are pretty smart like you know any adult doing jiu-jitsu for the most part is like pretty smart and can kind of like uh 
retain a lot of information. So yeah, I don't think it's a problem whatsoever. Like, yeah, I think it's fine. Jordan, do you um uh, promote the competing in your classes? Is that like a big part of your school? Um, I know you you're still competing, right? Um, I'm not competing because, uh, like I just have, cause two of my kids are, well, they're twins and they're just, yeah, they're two and a half. So they just, <laughs> yeah, they drain all my Enough energy. Said. Exactly. <laughs> Enough said. Exactly. So the motivation just hasn't been there for a long time. Uh, basically, so I was going to go pro like MMA. Um, that was going to be my focus. And then, then we had them like, uh, I thought before we had them, like, yeah, I'm going to go pro. I'm like getting ready to. To, to fight and then we had them i realized oh god i gotta wait a couple of years like because they're very hard to deal with and then just everything with the pandemic it's just um yeah it's just difficult to compete right now so i'll definitely i'll probably compete in the future when the boys are a little older but um not for a little while i don't push competing at the gym at all like if people want to compete they can but for me, like I've always hated competing, and I still, yeah, I still do because it's just like it's very stressful and um, it's not fun for me. Like I always just did it because I was good at jujitsu and I wanted to like prove that I was good. But in terms of like enjoying it, I didn't enjoy it whatsoever. So it's hard for me to um, you know encourage someone else to do something that I don't even want to do. And you know, I just I like being like a recreational type gym where everyone's just having a good time or whatever, and um, there's no like pressure to like compete or whatever. But like I still have very good students. Like n lack of competition. Like some do compete and do very well. Like we have um, like one person, Annie. She went to uh, Pans. She got second place at Pans, and she's really wow. good. Yeah, we got a lot of people that if they wanted to com compete, they would do well. But um, yeah, it just like I, I got a lot of great students. I got a lot of great training partners, and like that's what people don't understand too. Like they think like maybe because I own my own gym, I'd be lacking training partners. But because I started as a blue belt. Like, uh, I have all these guys that are now like purples and browns and, you know, even some, no black belts who I taught from the start, but I do have a lot of black belts that joined our gym. We have like five or six black belts. So I got a lot of people to train with and yeah, just competition isn't like a huge like deal for me. Yeah. That's good. That's always an interesting topic when we ask, cause uh, I know some places push it, some don't, uh, yeah. for me, I've only done it once. I didn't enjoy it either. I'm glad exactly. I just tried it the once, but, uh. You know, even now I'm like, man, do I want to do one? Do I want to? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's definitely a life experience. Like, I think everyone should because, yeah, you'll never forget the feeling of, like, trying to fight someone else, you know, <laughs> in that setting. It's so intense, you know, especially, like, as a white belt, your first one, it's like, that's what it feels like. It's a fight. Sometimes people don't like when people say, like, a jiu-jitsu match is a fight. I, and I don't care. Like, it is like a fight, in my opinion. Like, it's freaking... <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's intense. So, um, yeah, I recommend everyone do one for life experience, but I think the majority of people don't enjoy doing it, and a lot of people quit after, like, they have a poor performance or um, they get injured, too. And, yeah, I think that those that want to do it should, but there shouldn't be, like, a push to get people to, and you know, or they got to get they gotta compete to get their next belt or something. Like, that's crazy to me, and, and that does happen sometimes. I'm right there with you. I, I used to compete heavily locally in CrossFit competitions. And at one point, like I thought it was fun. I was like, man, I can't wait to do four workouts in, in you know, a four hour period. Like this sounds so much fun. And now I, I think about competing in jujitsu and I, I have like, I'm like flashbacks of competing in CrossFit. I was like, I don't want to yeah. roll 
four times, five <laughs> times in one day. Like exactly. balls to the wall. Like in CrossFit competitions, it's like every workout you're just trying to crush the workout and you're like destroying yourself. And in my mind, there's so there there are so many crossovers between you know CrossFit and like fitness competitions and jujitsu. Where I'm like. I've kind of already done that. <laughs> like, yeah. it just doesn't sound appealing to me anymore. You know what I mean? Like, did you exactly. ever compete in CrossFit? Uh, no, no, I didn't. But um, I definitely share the same feelings for, like, uh, for for competition. Like, you know, like, I feel like maybe, I'm only 31, but I feel, like, old. Like, in the, in the sense that, like, I don't want to do things that are that hard, like, or whatever. I just want to, I want to relax. You know, and like the opposite, like competing is the opposite of relaxation. Like, I I don't want that. I want to be on a Saturday, just like, I don't know, just chilling with my family, not like, you know, yeah, it's competing. It's not fun. I I just signed up for my first competition for the second time, second or third time. And I signed up, I, I got a little, little heavy over this, this, this pandemic. So I'm using it as a motivator to get back down in some weight too. But it's, I don't know, man, it's, it's already having the, that little bit of stress on me because I'm like, I'm like, man, I got to lose this weight to cut down. And yeah. I, luckily I planned it out far enough to where I have ample enough time to lose the, the weight that I need to. So I'm not like super stressed about it. But then in my head, I'm like, but I'm going to get there and the nerves are going to get to me. It's like, <laughs> I'm going to drive you, man. We got this. I'm going to yeah. drive you there. You relax. We got it. We got it. Yeah. So what's your what's your pre, pre-competition routine like before you like step on the mat? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I kind of have like, it's almost like a cocky one, I guess. I just like tell myself, I say you're Jordan Pressinger. Like, you know, you can do this, you know, and that's it. That's all I tell myself, like. Yeah, that's it does the trick for me just like pumps me up like why why wouldn't i be able to beat someone else because like i think sometimes people they view other competitors as like they put them on a pedestal they're like i think that they're like better for some reason or even like high level guys it's like they're just like anyone else they, they train they know the same moves as you do and um so like yeah it's never it's yeah i would just thought like that's it so yeah i hope that's a good answer no that's good yeah, for me, it was just like, why not? We've been putting in the time. I mean, why not? They all learn the same stuff. It's kind of the same thing. Everybody puts in the work, the effort. I don't see why you can't win. Exactly. It reminds me of Rose Namanunez when she, she was going to fight uh, Wei Lee for her belt again. She sat there the entire time saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best, right? And then she, she won by knockout, you know what I mean? Like 33 seconds, or I think it was, or like 40 yeah. seconds, something super quick, you know what I mean? So yeah. I can completely see how just that simple – just that simple mantra in your head, like I, I'm, you know, I'm Jordan. I can do this. Like, there's nothing that can stand in my way. You know what I mean? I could definitely see how, how that can work. Do you read books for mindsets or anything like that to kind of help out? Uh, not really. Like, I, I do like some like philosophy books, like uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. But that's like, uh, I don't like reading. I just like audiobooks. But um, yeah, I like philosophy a lot. I hate reading. I, but yeah, so I'll read the stuff like that. And like, you know, there's some there's some books I have read, like A Fighter's Mind and A Fighter's Heart by, uh, I forget who wrote it, but yeah, they're really good like uh, for MMA competition and stuff like that. But um, nothing's really helped. Like, you know, like, I, I, like MMA especially, I've always been like super scared to fight. Like, you know, it, it's like fight night. I'm getting my hands wrapped. I'm like, I do not want to do this. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, like, I'm never signing up for a fight again in my life. And that's what I tell myself. Like, and I'm just super scared. And I don't think any mindset uh, or any advice 
would ever help. It's just like when you're a very competitive person and, and you want to win so bad, like that's what I worry about. I want to win. I don't care if I get hurt. I just want to win really bad. And yeah, nothing's going to change that. So yeah, like, yeah, I'm just like, just the way it is, just a competitive person. So nothing's going to help me in that regard. So what was, what was the hardest belt for you? Not to, not necessarily just competing wise, but like, what was the, the belt that gave you the most difficult, like journey, like whether it was like time or techniques or expectations? Uh, blue belt by far. So like white belt, it was great. You know, like you didn't really have a lot of expectations on you. And like, you know, I would like do great against like the higher belts, like, you know, like blue belts and even some purple belts. Um, but like blue belt, it was like, now there's like some expectation. You don't want to like lose to like good white belts. And, um, you know, you know what I mean? Which, <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. So true. And there's good white, there's good white belts out there. Right. So if you're just like a fresh blue, um, you can like have your whole day ruined by a good white belt. So, but the, yeah, like it was mostly a competition, like as a blue belt, like, you know, I, I was like really hit or miss for like my first year at blue belt. Like I would like win some gold medal. Oh, no, actually, I didn't really start winning gold till like my second year at blue belt, but I won so many silvers at, um, at my first year at blue belt and it just like drove me crazy. It's like a silver medal again, a silver medal again. And, um, that was very hard for me to take as like a very competitive person. But then I just like, I don't know, flipped a switch, I guess. And I started winning golds and doing really well, but it was by far the hardest belt for me. And, um, it was really like as a competitor, especially like if you do good as at blue belt, like where you win, like absolute divisions, it's like, you're going to do good as a purple belt and a brown belt, a black belt, like for the most part. So not being there in the beginning was tough for me because I knew, because I knew I could be good, um, and high level, but then, yeah, I definitely like just worked harder and and kept going, but there's many times I almost quit jujitsu as a blue belt, like the way, like so many more times, probably, probably, probably almost quit jujitsu, like five times the blue belt compared to like no times at, at at (laughs) purple, brown and black. So yeah, it was a hard belt. I know, uh, we had a couple of really good white belts right when we got our blues and I was like, God damn it. I don't want to roll with them. Yeah, and uh, it got to the point where uh, I'd roll with them, but it'd be a grueling five minutes. You know, n- neither person submits, but it's like, God dang! After a while, I noticed I stopped rolling with them. So you remember we talk about it on a podcast, like that's it. So after every class, I made sure I rolled with every one of them. Yeah. Now they're all blues and really good blues too. Yeah, it's it's funny when we we have a pretty, I wouldn't say unique journey, but I think it's I think it's a pretty cool journey because our school started. And the highest belt was Cody, and he was a four-stripe blue belt at the time. Everyone else was white, right? So we have the people that he's talking about is a lot of them were – they were there at day one with us mm-hmm. and or a couple months behind us. So they, they were really there at the infancy of, of our academy too and everyone learning. So it's it's funny because when you roll with these same people for years, years you <laughs> learn their, their the way they move, what they're going to go for. You know what I mean? And then, and then randomly someone watches a YouTube video on how to wrist lock you from half guard, and then you're like, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. Do you have exactly. a lot of people that you came up with in, in jiu-jitsu that you you still train with now man it's very similar experience to you so like um when i started the gym as a blue belt it's almost like i don't know there's something up in the air or in the water like it's just like all, all the people that kind of started they they really stuck like long term so like 
yeah, it's a bunch of the same people, plus people I train with, like, before opening my gym, like, they all basically, uh, came to my gym to train, and, um, I train with people that I train with, like, from the beginning, it's really cool, like, you know, uh, some of our black belts, like, I've been training with them since I was a white belt, same with our brown belts, so, like, yeah, it's almost like, I feel like my gym, like, uh, became, like, the place to be for, like, the grapplers kind of in the area, so, like, I got so many old school, old school guys that, that, that are, like, great friends, we're training a decade together, so it's, it's really awesome. So, you mentioned that Canada Jiu-Jitsu is relatively new, right, about, about 15 years, you, you would say it's been up in your area, so what was the major spark that kind of made it grow to where it is now? Um, I just think it took time, like, Def- I think it became popular, like, somewhat popular, like, 15 years ago. Like, it's been around, like, longer for sure. Probably, like, yeah. probably, like, 20 years it really started coming to Canada. But um, I think just, like, jiu in general is just becoming so popular with, like, you know, UFC becoming more popular. And um, just, like, no one really ever has anything bad to say about jiu for the most part. It's, like, everyone just, like, raves about it how amazing it is i think people they see that and then you know they want to try it and they realize how amazing it is so it's just like how can it not grow you know that's what i tell everyone it's like for especially people that hate going to the gym and like lifting weights and uh it's like this feels like you're getting a much better workout with like without having to work out like you're working out but it's like uh uh, you know, a couple hour long chess game that you don't realize you're burning 2000 calories in the process. That is so true. And, you know, if I'm not feeling like rolling, it's like, well, I know I don't feel like going to the treadmill or anything. So it's like, I'll just go roll. You <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I'll burn calories. So I think For that's sure. I think that is one of the biggest benefits of jujitsu is, uh, how much, how it's a, it's a workout without feeling like one, like what, what else can you do? That's like that other than like, I don't know. There are definitely other sports you can, but um, they're just not as accessible as jiu-jitsu, I think, because you don't really need, like, a couple people to make it happen as opposed to, like, you know, organizing, like, ice time for, like, hockey or, like, a or like a pickup game for soccer. It's just more difficult. So, like, yeah, jiu-jitsu is just very accessible. Even though it's kind of expensive, it's just very accessible to, like, yeah, get your workout in, you know, go to class and, and you burn, like, freaking 600 calories, 800 calories where you had to be on a treadmill to do that and just, like, hating your life. Huh. Yeah, for sure. It's so funny, too, when people tell me they're like, I want to get in a little bit better shape before I go to jujitsu. And I'm like, look, I was in the best shape of my life (laughs) when I started jujitsu, and it didn't help me at all. My first five minute roll, I thought I was going to die. You know what I mean? I was in my mind. I was like, this dude has one stripe on his white belt, and I would freaking die to him in the street. (laughs) Like this man manhandled me, and he's half my size. You know, like fitness doesn't matter. It's all about like application of technique and some strength, obviously. Obviously, if, if if technique is the same level, there's strength that that'll win usually. But it's it's people people I don't understand like why they have this idea in their head like they have to be super fit to to yeah. do jujitsu. I hear it all the time, and it's just really frustrating to have to like explain to people. And like a lot of them are skeptical. They think I'm just trying to like, talk them into it. But it's like right. yeah, you know, you don't have to be like fitness isn't going to help you very much. And if anything, it might make it worse because now you're just like spazzing for like, you know, like five minutes because you have the stamina to do it. Right. It's probably better to be in worse shape because you can only spaz for like 30 seconds, 15 seconds. (laughs) 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 Know what I mean? So yeah. And like, 
yeah, I just think people should like, I think people sometimes make excuses for themselves and like why they shouldn't start yet, but that's with everything in life and I do the same thing. So yeah, I can't like knock it. We, we, we talked to Jason Kalipa and he, he was telling us uh, that, you know, obviously CrossFit Games champion, highest level of fitness for a decade. And he said the, it was, he feels bad for looking back at him as a white belt now because he was so spazzy and his, oh, he used yeah. so much strength. You know what I mean? And to hear that from him too, who, who understood his body at the highest level and still didn't understand like what it felt like to be a spazzy white belt. You know what I mean? When exactly. you first started, were you a little bit of a spazzy white belt or what was white belt Jordan like? Uh, not just a little bit. I was like the spazziest. Yeah. Like, I was really spazzy because, you know, I'm so competitive. So, and, and athletic. So, um, yeah, I was super spazzy and I feel really bad for all my training partners and like, yeah, I have a lot of regret. Like not that I hurt any of them, but it's like, I wouldn't want to roll with me. You know, I was, I was always going for the kill. So now like I'm older and wiser. <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Now I'm like totally the opposite now. Now, like, um, now I'm like very like flowy and like relaxed when I roll and such a contrast to before. That's why I also like sometimes people want to like almost like bring down white belt spazzes as if they're like assholes, but like sure they're like doing an asshole thing, but it's like a lot of times they haven't been, it hasn't been explained to them that like they can't go that hard and that it's not going to help them. So yeah, that's why if I have someone spaz at the gym, go crazy. Like I talk to them, like, you know, use my communication. I feel like that's like lost a lot in the world in jiu-jitsu like you see like people on reddit or whatever like oh this guy's such a you know asshole doing this and that well you, you talk to him and tell him like that's not cool to do because yeah i felt like i was in that position i was like rolling so hard no one told me like chill you know so yeah no it's well, it's completely it's it's so true like like i said earlier you don't know what you don't know you don't know that you're being a spazzy white belt because you're just starting to train like they're fighting for their yeah. life yeah. they don't realize that this is controlled we're not actually going to kill you so they're fighting for their life yeah. in that first role they don't know i have a buddy who's yeah. 44 years old and he's a white belt he hasn't done really any real classes yet but he's 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 a straight spazzy white belt and i'm like i'm like i just and like you said the beautiful part about jujitsu is the more experience you get the more you can control someone that's out of control you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so it's like i'm like just letting him do his thing and john and i joke about this all the time i love rolling with spazzy white belts sometimes because by the end of the role they're like huffing and puffing and they're like and i'm like all right man good job (laughs) like just get up and walk away (laughs) exactly and just hug them just I just them. hug them until they calm down. Yeah, well, John, they're, fun. I, they're fun. They're fun to roll with sometimes. <laughs> like you know, I like that. I like I like a really hard roll where it's like it feels like a fight. Like and I find that enjoyable. But I wouldn't want them doing that to someone else for sure. But um, yeah, just gotta tell them. Yeah, and I think I think a lot of the time too is we have this negative mindset on people having the spazziness when they first start. And no one really tells them, you know what I mean? Kind of like you said, like they don't communicate to them or if they do, I don't, I feel like the communication level isn't getting through to them. Right. So like I was the same way. I was a spazzy white belt, right? I was strong, strong, spazzy white belt, athletic. (laughs) And people would tell me like, Hey, you're kind of, you're going a little too hard, but that doesn't tell me 
what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like it's like there 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 needs to be a little bit more of a communication breakdown on hey, look when you're in this position, you shouldn't do this or think about doing this. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's really situational, but how how would you break it down to someone and to, so they could better understand it? You mentioned your communication like what what goes through your mind when, during the role to where you want to communicate with them afterwards? Um, so first off, I think it's good sometimes when people are spazzy because in most cases it means they really enjoy it. And, um, that's why they're working so hard. Like I really enjoyed it. So that's why I was going so hard. Like I love this. So I get to fight someone, but, um, yeah, I kind of explained to them, like, you know, like look how I roll, like I roll relaxed and chill and like, I'm a black belt. So it's like, why would you want to roll the opposite of a black belt? You know? So that's what I kind of tell them and, um, just explain to them that like, you know, they'll learn more by, uh, by relaxing and trying to figure things out technique and tell them like, now's not the time to be like that, like learn technique and get your butt kicked a little bit and then, and then start using, you know, more strength and more speed because, you know, like if you, if you're having a hard roll with someone, you can use that like because there's a difference between being like, um, rolling hard and rolling aggressive. Like I like rolling hard. I think that's really fun. And I roll hard with, you know, the black belts in my gym and brown belts, whoever, but like we don't roll aggressive with each other. And that's what a spaz really is. Like someone that's like aggressive. So you said to explain to them that there's a difference between aggression and rolling hard. And yeah, and once they like, once they get better at jujitsu, then they can start rolling hard. But like at, at first just, just chill and don't hurt anyone. It's such a it's such a complicated thing for people to understand the you don't need to be as aggressive or as spazzy as you are. We keep using the word spazzy because that's just really what it is. You're just like all over the place. And it's really hard for a lot of people to understand, especially when they start that like that is the complete opposite of actually what you want to right, do. Yeah. Like I promise you, if you relax more and you let people do what they're going to do, like it, it gets better for you. But also when you first start, like you mentioned, a lot of people get bit by the bug and they don't want to get tapped. They don't want to yeah. have these negative situations or be in these bad positions because they're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Like I just keep getting smashed but we talked about that too is like those are the people like the people that are willing to keep getting smashed and smashed are the ones that eventually it, it just clicks with them and they they're just doing better and better you know what i mean yeah just just showing up just keep showing up keep showing up and eventually i mean you get better it's just inevitable exactly. you don't get better if you don't show up that's for sure right quitting yeah. doesn't get you better <laughs> oh exactly people ask me all the time like how do you get like how do you get better at jiu-jitsu and i feel like it's like a non-answer almost like a cheap answer but this, the truth is you just got to keep showing up and like, you know, you're going to be good. And after 10 years, like there's, it's I've never seen someone not get good after a decade of training. Like, even if they're not like, you know, super high level, they're definitely like pretty good at jujitsu. So that's really all you got to do. And then, you know, you can progress faster by like, you know, studying on YouTube and really thinking about jujitsu doing private lessons. But yeah, you, you get better by just showing up. It's like literally that easy. So when you, look to promote someone what kind of things do you look for in in a like like these people are ready for a promotion do you look heavier into people competing or is it really just can this person kick their ass five months ago um so i say like a lot goes into it it's like time in is a big thing so like um, if someone's really good, but they don't have the time in, like they're not going to get promoted, but I'm not going to like sandbag someone either for like years. 
but like so like minimum really for blue belt you got to be like a year and a half and um you know so time in matters same thing like you know some people just aren't going to get amazing and like they're gonna and like they're like a blue belt level for like who they are like they just they just train a couple times a week they've been training like three years and um you know they're like decent enough where they can hold their own but like they're not like amazing so it's like you can't hold that person back forever but it's i don't think it's watering down the belts at all it's just like yeah they're not a competitor whatsoever they're very recreational so there's just like different standards for for everyone and um and beyond beyond that like the well, the most important thing i would say is like technical ability and there's a difference between rolling ability and technical ability so like you know a lot of times like naturals like they've got great rolling ability but like their technical ability isn't there like they're making mistakes like you know i don't want to see people make like dumb mistakes that like um if i see someone giving up underhooks or like or like you know letting their head get grabbed all the time or you know just like taking dumb grips like they're not going to get promoted it's like the less i see mistakes like that's that's when you start getting we're more likely to be promoted like yeah you just got to be technical like that's what matters most to me is technicality but then also things factor in like you know like how consistent are you like are you sometimes people show up like you know for like a couple of weeks and they kind of don't come back for a while and they come back like once or twice and it's just like very inconsistent but they've got like good rolling ability like this one guy at the gym he's really he's he's really good like he's a good white belt very athletic he played like semi-pro hockey he's really good but like he barely ever shows up, so I'm not going to give him, like, a blue belt, like, for a long time until I see that consistency. And then, like, attitude matters, stuff like that. Like, I'm not going to give a blue belt to someone that's not very nice and someone, yeah. So there's so many things that go into it, and you kind of just know. You kind of just know after a while, like, you know, you know, you can kind of feel when they're ready. And it's not like, yeah, it's not like, it's, I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's because it's, like, more like a feeling, okay, yeah, it's time now. So no actual testing. It's just when you think they're ready, classes and belt it up. Yeah, I, like I don't. That. I don't. Lo- I'm not a huge like fan of like testing because then you don't have those other factors. You don't have like you know how because anyone can like you know figure out like how to do the technique the, the techniques themselves. It's all on YouTube and they they learn it. But like, are they implementing those techniques and being technical when they're rolling? You know, maybe not. And like you know, same with all those other factors like how consistent they are. How, if they're nice and all you know it all matters a lot so i don't i don't really love testing i don't i yeah the way i like to do it is kind of when you're ready you're ready you'll get it you'll get it and then you know we like do uh like we're starting to do an annual grading too but it's like you can be you can be graded outside of that grading too like because i don't like when people when gyms do that where it's like one grading a year or two a year and then because sometimes people get like uh, promoted too fast because it's like, well, they're close enough, you know, I'll give them their belt now. Or it's like, you know, yeah. So I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. Like I like them my way. If it's like, whenever you're ready, you're ready. Or, you know, we do that. Or if you wait till the end of your promotions. Yeah. Testing um, feels like competition to me at this point. If I know there's yeah. a testing and they're like, Hey, uh, testing Monday, I'm not going to show up. Like exactly. <laughs> that's just the way it is now. Like, uh, when I hear the word testing, it's like I got a pit in my stomach. It's like competition time again. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not interested in that. I don't exactly. do this to be miserable. I want to have fun. <laughs> That's exactly it. I think sometimes instructors forget that. Just with a lot of things within jiu-jitsu, it's like, you know, you have paying customers that are coming to, like, have fun. And I think sometimes that gets kind of lost on, like, their expectations and, you know, things that they are specific to their gym. Like, yeah, like tests and there's a lot of weird things other instructors do, but you know, people just want to have fun. 
one thing that John and I did when we first started is we, and we found them on YouTube. I have a separate YouTube page that I completely forgot about that has all our old roles as like four stripe white belts. <laughs> and, uh, and it wasn't even that long ago. It was just a couple of years ago, but we, we really filmed a lot of our roles when we first started to see kind of like how we're moving and, and whatnot. And for a lot of self-awareness and you, uh, you obviously film yourself rolling quite a bit. So you get to rewatch yourself doing things. Do you see a, a, a big advantage or is it kind of, are you feeling neutral about how, or if people should film themselves rolling or not? Well, I think in many cases, um, people won't really see what they do wrong. Like they don't, because, like, if you watch, like, my rolling commentaries, like, the person watching, if I didn't commentate on it, they might not see actually what they're doing wrong. So it's, you need, like, someone uh, with, like, black belt eyes to, like, tell them, like, you know, what they're doing. Or even, like, you know, it's good blue belts and purples, too, that could do it. But, um, yeah, so it's, like, you can't just look at film and be, like, and, like, somehow magically know what you did wrong. You, you need someone to, like, to tell you. And, like, yeah. Like for me, like I've actually gotten, I feel like I've gotten better at jiu-jitsu from seeing myself so much though, because I, because I know what I should be doing and not be doing. And sometimes I see, oh, like why did I do that? It's like that's not very smart. So like, nah, I don't do that anymore. So it's really cool watching yourself. Yeah, our videos are pretty easy for me to spot everything I was doing wrong because we were pretty. I was like, wow, maybe if I move <laughs> and not just lay there on my back, Travis yeah. won't submit me. I, I should start moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And what's funny too is you it puts in perspective how how time feels so different in the middle of a roll. Oh, yeah. I was rolling with our our brown belt Cody, who's the gym owner, and <laughs> I, it, for me it felt like a good ten fifteen seconds of a fight, like of me trying to get a bow and arrow on him. But in the video, it was maybe two or three seconds. Right in my mind, I was like, I'm fighting for like to to win the war right now and slow looking back on it i was like wow that burned a lot of energy energy in three seconds man. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you know what else is a good example of that if you have to sit out around because maybe it's uneven numbers it's like it feels like eternity it feels like yeah go home yeah honestly but then if you're rolling it feels like it just like goes by so fast i think it's just because you're in like the flow state like in the moment and yeah same thing like you said like when i watch the videos after sometimes like things go a little different than like i imagine them in my head at the time and it's like okay like i you know that was like a, a small segment or like a long segment it's hard to like really gauge you know so because sometimes i'll be rolling i'll be thinking oh this is boring like i'm just like stuck here in like half guard then i watch the video okay i was only in there for like five seconds so it's not going to be boring for the viewers so it's really hard to gauge when when you look back at your videos do you commentate what you're seeing or like what you were thinking you know what i mean like when you see something on the screen, like you just mentioned, like, oh, man, I was actually only there for a couple seconds. Do you have like a script that you you were writing out about the role or are you kind of like live commentating as you're rewatching it for your YouTube videos? So I have a very difficult uh, process, I would say. So what I do is and yeah, this will like give tips to other YouTubers that copy me. <laughs> So, but basically I'll watch the role a bunch of times and I'll just like, uh, kind of understand it more and know what's going on. And then, then I do the captions and then when I go to commentate it, um, I basically, I'll take like a, maybe a five second or 10 second segment and then I'll write, I'll think about it and I'll write what I want to say and then I'll say it, uh, then I'll, then I'll read it out loud. So sometimes people don't understand that like everything I say in the video, I'm reading out loud. So like. 
yeah, sometimes it doesn't always sound natural because like I'm pretty monotone in general, but then when I'm like reading out loud, it's like even more monotone and people like to point that out all the time. So thanks <laughs> YouTube commenters. It's like, they tell me like, I don't, they tell me like, I don't know. Like I know, I know I'm monotone, but, um, you know, so yeah, like I, that's, that's my process and it takes forever because I got to write the script as I'm commentating it and, you know, also try to sound clear try to sound try to sound slow so so like non-english speakers can understand what i'm saying which i'm like there and there's so much that goes into it and it's just i hate that's the my my most hated part of making the videos is commentating it because then i worry too like how do i sound here and like it's just yeah i don't i don't like that part but um and it takes the longest so sometimes you know it'll take me like 10 hours to commentate a video so like i can edit it pretty quickly with captions and everything but the com the the commentary takes forever and by the end of it i'm so tired and just want to be over with and then i start sounding really tired and then people really point out like oh why you sound so soft and quiet like oh my god just relax like i'm I'm in my i'm in my room by myself just like talking into a microphone for all day for hours you know it's like yeah it's not it's not very fun the final product is but that part's not fun but um yeah so how do you deal with on sorry go ahead sorry go on on. i was was gonna say yeah it's like it's a mix between like what i see and what, what i was thinking at the time if i can remember so how do you deal with the YouTube trolls then? Do you just like, cause I, we got our first one. I got a, a negative comment on one of my YouTube video or YouTube videos. And, uh, I was like, man, how, how am I going to cu- kill this guy with kindness? Like, and then still kind of be sarcastic. Like, how do you deal with your, your online trolls? Um, it depends what the person says, you know, sometimes I'll deal with it with like depression and just feel really bad about it, you know? <laughs> and that, that's always great. Being real, right? Yeah, so it depends, it depends, like, sometimes people say such dumb things that, like, it doesn't bother me at all, like, one person said, I'm not a real black belt because I adjusted my rash guard when I was rolling, I was afraid to show my belly or something, I'm like, I don't care what you you say, you're dumb, so, like, (laughs) you know, oh, man, and there's so many good examples of, like, just really dumb things people have said, but, like, you know, there's some things that people have said that really hurt my feelings, and, um, but I'm like getting better at dealing with it and just realizing that there's so many people that say nice things. So like, you know, and a lot of times like it's the people that have, like, like they're like, who are they? Like, what, like, what are they mad? Like, they're like mad a lot of times. Like sometimes people are mad. They get like mad that I'm not rolling with like high level black belts. It's like, okay, go, go give Gordon Ryan money to fly out here and roll with me. I'll roll with him. But like, I live in a small town in Canada and we have good guys to roll with, but it's like, no one's ever good enough for them. Like some people really think they think like I only rolled like lower belts or something, but they don't understand that that's I'm teaching jujitsu. It's not like Jordan shows off on YouTube. It's Jordan teaching jujitsu. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, and so there's a lot of people that think that and they don't really understand the point of the channel. And so it's like, well, I have one guy, he's like, he's a purple belt. He's like, Oh, c- come to North Carolina. We'll show you like, you know, how it is. I'll pee you up, whatever. And like, you know, it's like, why are you mad at me? Like, you know, other people are, you know, other people are happy that I'm teaching jujitsu and there's specific people that are really mad at me. So yeah, those, those don't bother me as much. Sometimes people think that like the, the roles of the big guys are fake. They tell me they're fake and they point out like certain, like, cause some of them are like 300 pound guys and they're like, Oh, look at like, you know, two minutes in two minutes, 45 seconds. The guy does this and that. So it's clear that it's fake. It's like, I was dead by the end of this. Like, this is a very tiring role and like, you know, there's nothing fake about it. And so those ones don't bother me either, but it's like specific, specific, uh, 
comments I don't like, but I'm getting better at dealing with it over time. You just kind of realize that like you put yourself out there on the internet and uh, you're going to have people say rude things. And I've had a lot of nice comments. So like, um, yeah, I really haven't had it too bad. I've seen people just get like really rude comments. I feel really bad for them that they got to deal with that. That's something that we've, I've always worried about for us too, is, is because we're, we're just blue belts. We started this as white belts. I'm, I was always nervous that people were going to not take us seriously or people not going to want to listen to us or watch our videos or have anything to do with us, right? Because we're not black belts. We're not putting out high level technical videos or I can't commentate on a white belts thing and then have, you know, like legitimacy, you know what I mean? And so dealing with online trolls. Luckily, we've been very fortunate to have very positive feedback on almost everything that we put out there. And so, but the the few times that we do get, you know, those one or two comments or something like that, I'm like, just don't let it get to you, Travis. Just don't let it get to you. They're they're yeah. a jerk. They're behind a keyboard. They wouldn't say that to your face. Oh, they're a black belt. They probably would say it to my face. <laughs> <laughs> I just hard. think back to it. You know, the reason we started this whole thing was uh, there wasn't anywhere we can go listen to white belts, blue belts, newer people in jiu-jitsu, the struggles they were going through. And you just couldn't find that, to, you know, to see how they got through it or what was going on. And, you know, just to know not most people's journey, I would assume, is not unique they all go through the same struggles the same doubts they all want to quit at some point in their blue belts white belt at some point in the jiu-jitsu journey they want to quit and it's just hearing other people talk about it that's that's probably our biggest thing too is people the most of the comments that we get back that are positive people are like oh my god thank you man so much like i thought it was just me going through this it's like no dude like 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 it's everyone goes through it blue belt blues are made fun of for a reason because everyone goes through it you know what i mean it's like whether you get through it or you don't but it's it's a real thing plateauing is a real thing you know but then that goes into a whole different conversation about plateauing and you know you're you comparing yourself to what you think you're supposed to be and and whatnot you know so what when you when you see these new practitioners come in, what are, what is what is like one of the most significant errors that you usually see th- these people do? You know what I mean? Is it like self doubt or comparing themselves or something like that, or is it like technical errors? Um, it just depends like where they are like in their journey. I would, but like if they're like just beginning, they can make all sorts of errors. But like um, like when I do these white belt mistakes videos, like uh, and I point out their mistakes, or even like blue belts, purples even browns it's always grips like it's so clear it's the grips and um so i'm trying to get that across to people that like, they got to take better grips and it's really tough because they just grab wherever and, he's, and i just see it in my head it's like that's really not a good grip to take but they, they don't see it and um yeah it's like literally jiu-jitsu is a grip battle the whole thing is a grip battle and if you understand that it becomes a lot easier to do jiu-jitsu so i have a video called I forget what it's called, but it's about grip fighting. So I changed the title a bunch of times. So um, I think it's, I had it called Jiu-Jitsu is a Grip Fight. But yeah, that's the number one mistake by far is people taking the wrong grips and not controlling people properly. And, yeah, and then they lose and they feel, wonder why because they never got a chance to actually use the technique they learned in class because they had crappy grips. So That's one thing I noticed in one of your recent videos is you were talking about how uh, I think you promoted the guy to blue belt in the video, and, and he talked about how he did a, a good grip by blocking the knee, and he grabbed like the inside of your leg or something like that when he was going to pass your guard. And I was like, man, how many times do we not hear about grips? You know what oh, I mean? Man. Like it was like a, a it was like a good thing for me for a second. I was like, 
oh man, that's a good idea. Like I didn't, I would never even have thought about that. Like being something to compliment on. Like, hey, that was you grabbed the right spot of the leg for blocking me or or whatever. And I think, I think grips to a lot of people are overlooked. You know what I mean? It's like, like. Or they don't know which grip to deal with first, right? Like you'll have like a De La Hiva and like a sleeve or something like that. And they're like, okay, so which one should I break down first? It's like that that whole, that internal battle of, well, which one? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so. Exactly. You know, it's funny, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have the same experience as me, but as like a kid, like a really young kid, like fighting with wh- whoever and like holding their grips so they can't do things to you and how effective it actually is. And like people forget that like instinct now when they're grappling they don't realize that if they control the person's grips, then they, um, you know, aren't going to have bad things happen to them. And you need to have good grips to make, have good things happen to you. So like, you know, like you're saying earlier, like, yeah, the pant grip. So it's a great example. So like when you're standing, a collar grip and a pant grip are really good because you can go knee slide you can do all sorts of stuff. But as soon as your knees touch the mat, they get to a half guard, those grips are very bad. So like that's actually what Brad and yeah, that's his name the guy in the video that's what he did he um yeah he, he didn't adjust his grips once his knees went to the mat and same actually uh with the one I just posted posted with uh, Doe that's his name uh same thing he had good grips he, then he went to his knees and now they're no longer good grips but he kept them which made me be able to sweep him so it's like they don't no one teaches this stuff really like you know when you go to class you learn specific techniques but you don't learn that kind like the in-between and like that's when you get screwed is the in-between so that's why i'm really happy to have this channel i can show people like and that jiu-jitsu is much more uh simple than most people make it out to be and you can have a lot of success just by you can have so much success just understanding grips because that's what all techniques are techniques are just grips they're just like okay you grab here then you grab here then you grab there like it's like a sequence of grips of controlling the person the whole time until you get to where you want to be. So, but it all starts off with your initial grips. So, I could talk forever about grips, but it's just better to watch my grip fight video. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it out on YouTube. It'll be down in the description below. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. Perfect. So, what, like we mentioned earlier, one thing that we always like to ask people is what would your one piece of advice be for a brand new practitioner to jujitsu? Something that you would want them to stick with their entire journey? Um, man. Okay. So I'll try to give like one, but basically I, it's not, I'm not, I didn't make this quote, but I frankly said it, but, uh, yeah, you're going to be somewhere in 10 years. So you might as well be a black belt, you know, like that's like literally all you gotta do is train and be a black belt. So everything in between doesn't matter. So it's almost like the stock market, you know, they go up and down, up and down. And when you lose is when you sell. So same with jujitsu, when you quit, that's, that's when you're, it's over, right? So if you just on the down, you just keep going, you're eventually going to go up. And, um, yeah, it's just sad to see, cause I know so many people love jujitsu and then they kind of just get discouraged and fall out of love with it. But, um, they could be a black belt if they just were to you know, keep training. It's like literally that easy. Because I have ups and downs. Like sometimes I, like I, sometimes I'm rolling bad. I'm like, oh, like I, I can't get things going right now. So, but I know, like, I'm gonna next week. I'll be fine. Like, so just like, not worry about it. I definitely can agree with that. A lot of our struggle is is comparing ourselves to what we we have this idea in our head of where we should be at because of the color of our belt or the years we've been doing it or every or our friends that started with us or you know what I mean. We, there's all these different external factors that go into internally causing us to feel a certain way and we just it's it's, a lot of it just doesn't matter you know and that's the hardest part is to tell yourself like it it 
what does it matter? It doesn't matter. It's my journey. You know what I mean? Man, exactly. And like, like I said before, even if like, even like, even if you don't do jujitsu because you're not in, like, if you're not enjoying it at times, and so you don't do it or whatever, you should just train anyway. It's just to burn calories, like, because this treadmill yeah. sucks, working out sucks. So like, like if you compare it to that, like a bad day on the mats is much better than an hour on the treadmill, right? Huh. And, every, and everyone should work out. Like you know, everyone should keep themselves healthy. And if I wasn't doing jujitsu, I don't think I'd be um, in great shape because I hate I hate running and I hate all that stuff. So like, where else can I uh, burn all these calories in a session every day? Like I train like basically every day. So like, yeah, if you're having a bad hard time, just do it for the calories. Do it for the more. calories. That's what yeah. I tell myself. Do it for you the can, calories. You can eat more that way because I, I I eat pretty good. <laughs> like I eat like a good amount. Like, uh, but if I'm not training, I have to eat way less, right? So, and I don't want to do that because I like food. So, yeah, if you're like a foodie, you especially have to train jujitsu. But so you don't get worked up. Oh, you know, I'm not like progressing very much. At that point, just think I'm just gonna burn some calories, and then maybe like a month later, I'll be feeling way better about jujitsu, right? Just burn the calories in the meantime. Yeah, and consistency is key. Like, if you, if you're worried about your your sucking, stopping is not going to help you get better. Like we said earlier, too. You know what I mean? Like, consistency is king. Yeah. You got to keep showing up in order to get better. And then you know you got to do jujitsu. You can't read a book and be good at jujitsu. You can't watch a YouTube video and be good at jujitsu or UFC, right? Like you you thought in your head, like, well, I watch a lot of UFC. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't actually translate over into jujitsu you got to just fight through it everyone goes through these things everyone has hard times everyone has those moments where they're like i don't want to do this anymore you know what i mean but it's the people that get on the other side of that that continue on the ones that become black belts or blue belts or purples or whatever your next goal is hell a coral belt if you want to be one day you know what i mean like but you gotta it's easy to train when it's easy you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it, you gotta you gotta train when it's hard because that's when you're gonna make probably the most progress. Also, not only physically but mentally as well. You know what I mean? That's that's what I really try to tell people. You know, I just put a I just put a Instagram reel out yesterday of me doing an average technique. I you know my title of it is like an average blue belt with average technique. You know what I mean? Because I I want to tell people like, look, just because you see people online doesn't mean they always move great. Doesn't exactly. mean that they're always perfect in their technique. They cherry pick shit left and right to freaking put out on the internet to look like you know it's like the whole that's like the whole facebook facade like everything you see on facebook is people at their prime or doing great or the happy whatever. parts the happy. happy parts right like but not yeah. not every day is going to be like that especially not in jujitsu where there's so many factors that play into what you're going to do for the day exactly and to expand on that i think sometimes people put too much pressure on themselves on need on like needlessly because like for me i'm highly competitive like i want to be the best so and i i work very hard to make sure that i'm good at jiu-jitsu but it's like for a lot of people is their goal to be the best probably not so it's like why not just train for fun and if you get your butt kicked once in a while just it's fine because you're not trying to be the best you just train for fun so it's like i try to tell people that too it's like are you doing absolutely everything you can to be the best probably not so if you're not then like you can just chill and like not worry about you know not being amazing so you can be mediocre and have fun at jiu-jitsu but i think sometimes people don't understand that it's like some things in life i'm not competitive about and i don't mind being mediocre at like it's fine like i'm not very handy i don't care like i don't care if i you know what i mean i don't care if i can't build something good but like (laughs) 
so but it doesn't stop me from like still doing things once in a while but like yeah it doesn't bother me at all but it's like when it comes to jiu-jitsu it like bothers people a lot but yeah if they were just to just do it for fun relax and it'd be good like why if why is that expectation you got to perform so much i don't get it like unless you want to be the best and, and that's a different story then you should be very hard on yourself that's the only way to get better like to get to the elite levels to be very hard on yourself yeah i like it yeah so jordan what what is your your biggest success in jujitsu it whether it's a belt or competing or getting your family into it like what is that that biggest thing that you look back on where you're like you give yourself a pat on the back um i would say like probably the youtube channel just because you know i feel like i have so many people have messaged me like people message me all the time telling me how much better they got in jiu-jitsu uh because of my videos or like they started training again because of my videos and um yeah, like, I want to be, like, a professional, like, YouTube, uh, a professional jiu-jitsu instructor. Like, I want to be, like, that's what I want to do. I don't want to be, like, a competitor and, like, and and that be my thing. I just want to help people get better at jiu-jitsu. So I really feel like I'm achieving that. And um, I get a lot of, um, yeah, I got a lot, of, a lot of happiness and fulfillment doing that. So that's my biggest achievement. Uh, another achievement I'm really proud of myself is I got my black belt in seven years, which is, like, really quick and um you know but like like i said saying before like i made sure i got good at jiu-jitsu i put every ounce of energy i had into improving so it's like if someone doesn't get it quickly or it takes a long time are they putting the same amount of effort i put in it probably not but there maybe there's other areas in their life that they're putting a lot more effort uh in there than, than i am in those areas and like so it's like people have different priorities so it's like if you don't have a priority to be the amazing at jiu-jitsu like don't be mad when you're not amazing at jujitsu. That's pretty great, man. John, you got anything else, Ben? I don't, man. But I, I do think doing it for the calories is something that's going to stick with me after. The, when he said that, I was like, man, I need a shirt that says that. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, yeah, you know, I, I need that, that shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I'm should. Asking, you like, should. you, you yeah. need that one for sure. Well, I'm starting to make shirts. Like, I got like some plan, like T Rex arms and stuff like that. Like uh, <laughs> stuff I say a lot. So I think do it for the calories. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that one too. <laughs> Yeah, I like that one. I'm in. I'm I, I I think I messaged you when you said T Rex arms, yeah. and went, like tip thirteen or whatever in your twenty <laughs> tips for. I was like, man, we were going to be called T Rex arms podcast, and I thought because I thought it was kind of funny. I was like, but we can win with elbows tight. And it's still pretty. Well, good how many times do we hear elbows tight though? Man, we hear it every class. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's always in my head. I don't. Know. We, whenever it says, whenever they hear, it, we hear it in class. Everyone kind of looks at us and they're like, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's all so crucial. It's something people mess up all the time. They keep they have their arms out like crazy. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Keep them here. T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Jordan, hey man, thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. This was a, a great conversation. Really dive deep into philosophy and and learning, which was which is really good, man. I don't think we've had a conversation like this too much no. lately. So thank you so much for your insight yeah. on everything like that. And congratulations on your recent success with YouTube you. and and everything going on in your life. And your BJJ Fanatics uh, DVD coming out that look that's pretty cool. Um, if people want to find you and follow you and see your your amazing content, where where can they look you up at? Uh, they can just YouTube Jordan teaches Jiu-Jitsu. It's like a really simple uh, name as opposed to my my first and last name, which is very hard to spell. So yeah, Jordan teaches <laughs> Jiu-Jitsu. 
And that's your YouTube page. You don't have anywhere else, no Instagram that you post out or anything, or you oh, don't yeah. want them to follow you on there. No, they can check me out there. Same thing. Jordan teaches jiu-jitsu, so it's just too easy. Okay, can't for, can't it's just it. everywhere. Exactly. Okay, perfect. Well, guys, thank you so much for watching at home. Thank you, Jordan, for coming on today. This was a great conversation. And uh, remember, no oil checks here. Close. All right, All guys. Right. Thanks. See you later. Yeah.